Hi, I'm Colonel Steve Messenger, Garrison Commander of Fort McCoy, Wisconsin, and welcome to the Behind the Series Leadership Podcast here at the Triad. We have one special day here. Mr. Stephen Austin is the Assistant Chief of the Army Reserve since 2015, mm-hmm. retired Army officer, West Point grad, three master's degrees. Sir, you're just mm-hmm. collecting them, it seems yeah. like at this point. Serving at the senior levels of the military as a civilian SES for two decades and in this capacity overseeing the Army Reserve, a champion of Fort McCoy, as I've learned today as we <laughs> walked around. Uh, his bio is in the notes. I encourage you to read it. But, sir, welcome to the show. Oh, I appreciate it. I, we've been walking around all day. It's been great. So, sir, you've been serving for 40 years here mm-hmm. and there. Why do you continue to serve after all this time between military and civilian service? Well, the main thing I would say is all of you, you got to have a purpose in life. So one of my purposes is family, and we'll hear more about that, you know, and you all have multiple families. But the other purpose is the Army and defending the nation, supporting the nation, doing all that. So that's, that's why I'm still here, because it gives me a purpose in life. Yeah, no, that's great to hear. We just talked a little bit walking in here about everyone retires someday and what do you do after military retirement and how do you continue to serve? Yeah. And you've been doing it well. Thank you, sir. So as we've been talking to various people today, you've been talking about you have many middle names. What a cool narrative. Could you elaborate on that just a little? Yeah, so when I say we all, and not just me, but we all have middle names, I mean those things that you you have to focus on that you have to do repetitively. So I will give you a couple of examples. One of my middle names is balance. We all gotta have maintain a balance. And for for instance with me, with Steve's earlier question, you know, the balance between the army and your personal life, you know, and family if you will, and friends and all of that stuff. So and balance just across the board. So another middle name, based upon being a former OC at the NTC, uh, an observer controller, so you're talking to Sidewinder 02 Ancient, <laughs> um, is AER. So for most things we do, if it's an event, uh, something of significance, we ought to be doing an AER after each one of those things and see, and we have a tendency to focus on what we need to improve but my, I learned, again, at the NTC, it's three improves and three sustains. So the improves, the Army focuses on improves. What do we got to, what did we screw up this time? You know, what do we got to do better? But we also got to talk about improves, or uh, sustain, sorry. So, the, so what did we do that was right this time? And we need to keep doing it. So sustains and improves. And I have a lot of other Another middle name might be resources, you know. So we all have good ideas. We all, you know, want to do this, want to do that. But what are the resources? What are the required resources to execute that? And particularly in the Army and, you know, with the uh, post commander here, you know, there's a lot of good ideas out there. But what kind of resources do we have to make them work? So as we've been driving around, I've been thinking about what is my middle name? We, we started talking <laughs> about this early, and I think you're right. There's a ton of them, but I, I was thinking relationships. Oh. And what I've seen from you, we just talked about this, is you are so good at meeting people, memorizing their name, connecting with them on a personal level, 
and being genuine. And I see that. So I like to say that myself. You know, my middle name, if I thought about it, would be relationships. And I see that in you really well, sir. So you also talked about two things that you really value. You alluded to family as one in the beginning. Can, mm-hmm. you, can you talk about those two things? So the, the two things that are most important to me are family. And when I say that, I mean multiple families. And the other one is character, what I would call character. Families, we all have our nuclear family, the immediate family, you know, father, mother, brother, sister, son, daughter, niece, nephew, et cetera, et cetera. But we all also have multiple families. So I've been here with the uh, Fort McCoy family all day, (laughs) and it is a family. You know, and I have families, my West Point class, uh, units that people have been in in the past, current units. So with the families, the two things is we take care of each other. And the other thing, but going the other way, we maintain our standards. So, you know, if somebody's not doing what is good for the family, then you need to make corrections. And character is what I would call, it's, you know, how you do things. Um, It's your reputation is a piece of that. If you say you're gonna do something, do it. But on the flip side, if you can't do it, you gotta be honest and say you can't do it. Because, you know, lots of times we have a problem with that. And another thing might be, you know, the cadet motto that I learned, as Steve said, a long time ago, a cadet does not lie, cheat, steal, or tolerate those that do. So all of that, you know, lends to your character. And I got news for you. If you lose, you know, your character goes downhill, it is harder than hell to get it back. So we have to maintain our character. Yeah, it is uh, hard to create and easy to lose. I totally agree. Yep. I love these podcasts because, uh, you know, I don't just ask questions. I take notes as we go. I learn <laughs> stuff. And I'm certainly going to show this part to my kids uh, when I get home and they listen to it. So as you know, garrisons are mainly comprised of civilian employees. What made you decide to join the civilian service after your military service? Well, good question. So I spent 27 years active. You know, I will admit that, uh, you know, I was full-time the whole time. You know, the TPUs and the Army Reserve part-time soldiers, I have huge respect for. You know, they balance uh, their day job in the civilian sector, the Army job, and family requirements. I, I would have failed at that. So after doing the Army... You know, I went in the private sector for a year and, you know, actually was a contractor. So I had a contractor badge, you know, for the Pentagon. But, you know, I figured, well, you know, the I I, I retired as a colonel. I didn't make general officer. So, OK, let's try out, see what uh, if it's possible to become a senior executive in SCS. So and I, I will admit I made a lot of applications and actually had a lot of interviews and stuff and they, you know, it took a while. But eventually my first job was in NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, you know, as a a senior executive there. And it's a broadening, you know, and that's part of it is as a civilian, for all the civilians out there, I'm looking for a breadth of experience. You know, I'm not somebody that's been you know, in a stovepipe their whole career, you know, is not as um, desirable 
as somebody that has a, a wide breadth of experience. But the other thing, of course, is manner of performance. I don't care if you have a breadth of experience. If you can't do it very well, you know, we don't want you. So that's, you know, it just it, – the other thing I would say is, you know, I'm one of those people – there are people that they plan they plan their whole career out. With me, I come to the fork in the road, and you make a decision one way or the other, and then you go from there. I heard a couple of middle names there for you, persistence <laughs> in applying all these yeah, positions yeah. and flexibility in your career. What do you think are the differences between leading as a military officer and then as a civilian? Are there differences in your mind? Um, there, there are, I mean, management and leadership, dealing with people is the same, regardless of whether you're civilian or military. The on the military side, you know, soldiers are used to a hierarchy. And, the, you know, if you're a civilian and you, you've got civilian clothes on, you don't have a rank on, a lot of people don't know, you know, how to deal with that. So, yeah. so that's part of it. You know, I don't get excited about that. Uh, but I would say leadership and management, whether it's in uniform or out, is pretty similar. Hmm. Okay. What have you enjoyed most about working in the military as a civilian? Hmm. Well, I don't have to take the APFT or the <laughs> ACFT now. So, yeah, you know, all of that is not a requirement. Um, I, I, it's, I mean, you hit it, Steve. It's relationships, you know, and it's continuing to relate and be with people and communicate. And, and again, what's the overall mission you know, and are we accomplishing the mission? I don't care if you're a civilian or a soldier. You know, that's the bottom line. Yeah. What do you say to civilians that are seeking to move up in their civilian career, be it a GS-5 or a GS-15 to SES? How do you talk about promotion in the civilian section? Well, so number one is manner of performance. So I don't care where you are. You have to do, you know, as great a job as you can you have to give 110 percent but but the other thing I would uh, you know what interests you you know um, you know I'm not do I have any interest in being a maintainer I maintain my car but you know that's you know so 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 where do you have interest and then you know where do you think you can contribute the most and that's again I go back to my earlier comments I'd like to see a breadth of experience, but, you know, if you're in a position, you've got to do well at it. You've got to be interested in it, you know, and you've got to be helping get towards the mission. So that's my, my thinking on that one. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I always talk about the sweet spot where your passions and your talents intersect. Yep. And if you can find that, or if you're operating outside of it, you're probably not going to be very successful or competent. Check. You need to find where you're really happy and enjoying life and then excel in that. Yeah, and all of that contributes to make to allow you to get to the mission faster, you know, better, yeah. all of that, more efficiently, more effectively. Yeah. I want to shift just a little bit to Fort McCoy here. You work at the highest levels of the <laughs> Army Reserve. What's the perception of Fort McCoy from your position where you sit up in Washington? I think uh, Fort McCoy has a great reputation, and I go back to using that term. Um, the people here, they get the mission done. You know, there, there, there aren't issues that pop out, you know, once in a while, maybe a fire, you know, issue. But, uh, 
but but no and that's and that's part of it and i think part of the part of what we see that's why uh, mccoy was named an mfgi uh, by the headquarters da is because they knew that we mobilized people before uh, uh, McCoy had been doing that. They can do it again. They can get the mission accomplished. So, so I would say, you know, the reputation of McCoy is at a, you know, very high level. I appreciate that. And you know, our motto is to be the strategic support area of choice. And you're right. To do that, you have to be competent in what you do. Demonstrate it through OAW, through the recovery phase, through training. And uh, I agree, the civilians that really run and operate Fort McCoy are just incredibly competent. How do you envision the future of Fort McCoy? You, so we just took a whole tour of this day. Uh, do you see the mission changing, staying the same? Well, from everything I've seen, at least in headquarters DA and the Pentagon, I, I don't see much changing in the immediate future. What I may see changing is with the more focus on the MFGI based upon what we see out to the uh, west, you know, in China, out to the east with Russia, the, the greater international environment. So, but is anything popping up there that we, you know, say, yeah, we need to, we need to make a right turn here? Uh, no, I don't, I, I think it'll continue. Yeah. And for our, our first-time listeners, Fort McCoy has those three core missions, and one is the reserve and guard training mission, two mm -hmm. is the mobilization force generating installation mission to mobilize a massive amount of soldiers in case of a contingency, and three is a strategic support area to attend whatever contingency the United States might need us for, whether it's disaster relief or uh, welcoming Afghanistan guests. So Yeah. Well, and so the other thing I would interrupt, Steve, is – you know, when you look at geography, you know, Fort McCoy is kind of unique. You know, you go out to the west, you have to go to Fort Carson. If you go down south, you know, you got to go to Knox. If you go out to the east, you know, Dix, uh, there isn't, for the Army, there isn't a lot up here. So, I, you know, Fort McCoy does fill a pretty unique position. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I'm going to kind of bring us up another level to the strategic level. Can you share a little bit about where the Army Reserve is heading? Yeah. So right now our uh, in strength is 177K. There's some discussion about, you know, will it stay there? Will it go down? Um, we, we are actually only like 200 or so below our authorized in strength right now. Some of that you know, with the IPS bringing on of IPSA, do we have a good data track? Some unknowns there. I, I, I don't know. But we've seen that Compo 1 is having trouble, you know, maintaining their in strength, you know, with recruiting and all of that. Same with us, but we've come out with the, at least the car with the, the new uh, logo and the big army with the new logo. And for the car, uh, her, you know, Army Reserve is, it's your time. So, you know, will we be able to get Generation Z and new soldiers in? Uh, it'll take time. Um, but, but from a broader perspective, we see the demand for the Army. It's not going down. And, you know, a lot of it's unplanned uh, on the border right now in big Army. And, you know, Army Reserve plugs in, but even like in Europe right now with the support for the Ukrainians and the Russia-Ukraine fight, there there's a lot of Compo 1 over there, but there is Compo 2 
there are soldiers over there. Part of the problem where they would like to have more Compo 2, but we don't have the authorizations. But right now, as we talk, Steve and I talk, there are 6,000 Army Reserve soldiers that are mobilized in the CENTCOM AO, and total about 9,400 Army Reserve soldiers mobilized today. And that, do I see that going away? No. And the Army, you know, all compos, Army in total, just seems to be, it's like with the Afghani support. Where did the nation go? To the Army. So I, I don't see that changing. Whatever the next, the next issue pops up, it's probably going to be the Army. Yeah. And I, I love what you said there, what the car said. It's your time, right? And, and that's so subjective, right? Because your time might be a 21-year-old person, like, going into basic training or trying mm -hmm. to be a young officer. Your time might be someone like me who's nearing the end of their career. I have between zero and seven years left, yeah, right? Yeah. Or your time might be you've retired and joined the civilian sector. Right. What are you doing to carpe diem this thing today and seize it? Yeah. No, and it goes back to my comment about what's your purpose in life, you know? Yeah. And that's everybody, you know, what's your purpose in life? Yeah, and back to family and what is, how are you supporting your family while serving the nation and doing both well right. at the same time? That's awesome. Uh, of course, the Army is modernizing here. It's one of our priorities, and we look to the future of MDO, multi-domain operations, 2030, 2040. How do you see the Army Reserve modernizing along with the active duty Army? Well, so one point with the modernization, I don't care what platform it is, you know, rockets, there's always going to be a need for sustainment and enablers. So that's not going away. But one of the things we are looking at is like, uh, and it's happening now, is cyber. You know, the growth of cyber in the Army Reserve. So, that, so that's going on. Um, you know, we're looking at uh, other capabilities, enabling capabilities that are popping up that, you know, probably, you know, will end up in the Army Reserve. The, and the other part of that aspect is that our soldiers, you know, they, at least the TPUs, they have day jobs, and a lot of them are a lot more capable than, you know, their counterparts. So we were talking to yeah. MP soldiers today, and a lot of them that's what we, they're, you know, police officers on a day-to-day -day basis. And in the, if you're active Army on a post, it just ain't the same. So, so I think the Army, and that's part of the reason why, you know, 9,400 soldiers mobilized is because the Army needs some specialist in something, and they tap into us. Yeah. And we talked about that earlier today. There are a number of civilians that work here for Fort McCoy that are Army reservists in their spare time. Mm -hmm. And uh, they go and train or do a mission and come back more confident in their job, even though they might not even be related than when they left. Yeah. No, and the pri private sector companies recognize that. And that's why, you know, typically we don't have trouble. You know, we have the P3 program, public or private-public partnership, where... You know, if soldiers need jobs, actually soldiers, family members, we facilitate that. And with companies, they recognize the with the soldier, what do you get? The, the leadership, the discipline, the, all of those skills that, you know, somebody they're bringing right off the, you know, not going to have it. Yeah, I love how it's less of a I'm losing you for a weekend or two weeks and more of an 
I'm investing in you for a weekend or two weeks, and I get a better employee on the backside. Right. Absolutely. That's pretty awesome. So as we uh, think about kind of recruiting in the Army, and today we talked about both civilian and military recruiting, you know, it's, it's the entire country is recruiting for jobs right now. What do you see we can do to help at the micro and macro levels of recruiting? Well, so so you're exactly right, Steve. We have so many competitors out there for, you know, recruiting, you know, in the private sector and then other government agencies, other militaries. Um, I would say, and we've, the car says this too, you know, everybody is a recruiter. And I don't care if it's on the military side or civilian side. And part of it is, you know, telling your story and interacting with people. And, you know, sometime, and I've got them, uh, you know, in a restaurant somewhere, a question from somebody, answer the question. And I have, at least I was sitting in a restaurant uh, in Northern Virginia, and a, uh, he just graduated from James Madison University, and he wanted to go in the Army and was having trouble, you know, with the recruiters because he has to go to OCS. So what did Steve Austin became a recruiter, you know? And <laughs> part of it is, you know, I can kind of go to the top and facilitate that. But that's, that's what I say, you know, we, we tell our story and talk to people yeah and uh the cool part is the story we all have is different and it matters and it's unique and it's fun to tell yeah like we have a story worth telling so is there anything else that we wrap it up you'd like to share with the fort mccoy workforce or surrounding community well so one thing i would say is you all you're doing a wonderful job a great job continue what you're doing you know, it's family, so take care of each other. You guys have a, a very high standard, so you maintain that standard. And, you know, things have a way of turning out. But you got to be honest. And I, I like Steve's comment, it's relationships. And the other thing is communicate, mm. you know, communication. So we got to be talking to each other. And, and Actually, the post commander was talking to the NCO Academy today and some ideas back, ideas back and forth, and yeah, that's what we do. And not just, you know, at Fort McCoy, but, you know, are there best practices other places? We talk to each other and figure that out. Yeah. Sir, this has been great. Thank you for taking some time to talk to us. Any final comments before we wrap it up? No, it's my pleasure. Again, family and character. And you guys, you're doing a great job. Just keep it up. This has been great. As I've seen you just uh, interact with the workforce today, and I kind of mentioned it in the car, it's cool to see leaders where you have a great message to tell, but then you go out and speak to people individually or in groups, and your words match your actions. Mm. And it was cool to watch you today, sir. Thank you for coming out and recognizing the people at Fort McCoy. It's been a blast. We hope everyone listening will join us next time on our Behind the Triad Leadership Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. Thanks.